104th episode of the Have Aloha World Travel Podcast. Uh, I am your co-host, Kevin Allen, uh, with me as always. Oh, uh, Catherine's hot fox and my kitty. I'm going to see her. This is Evie. Oh, Aww. my goodness. So cute. Oh, my goodness. Right. What are you going to do? She's so cute. <laughs> kind of swat you. <laughs> Who else do we have with us? Um, well, I'm Grace, the associate editor at What You Magazine. And we have a, a very special guest with us today, uh, Ryan, Ryan Clay Suji. Um, you have a lot of titles. You have a lot. I was going to kind of go off your, you have, you have like a lot of things to in your resume. So I'll just let you, you know, list off a couple because you have a lot. Um, yeah, it's, I need to find a better and more concise way of summarizing <laughs> it. Uh, and the present CEO of RKT Media, Spectrum Sports commentator, co-host of Spotlight Hawaii and owner of The Lay Stand. So, right, which is, I have a few jobs. Yeah, you have a couple, you wear, you wear a couple hats. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we kind of brought you here today because uh, we, we recently worked together, Ryan. I recently interviewed you for a story for The Lay Stand. Um, and that is this very cool uh, lounge in downtown in Chinatown. And it was really interesting hearing you kind of explaining, you know, the idea and the design and the thought process behind the lay stand being this kind of homage to Chinatown and, and downtown and just the overall feeling aesthetic of the place. Um, and I thought that would be a really great topic of this episode is to kind of talk about downtown in Chinatown, which I don't think we really have done on this podcast, even after... 103 episodes i don't think we've ever really explained downtown or, or chinatown to, to visitors um as well as the lay stand um but i guess really my first question is kind of what is your what has your experience been with downtown i mean did you are you were you a patron of the bars there you know in the years past or all that kind of stuff well you know as someone who is at one point in time uh in my professional life i lived downtown uh, oh, I worked, I did. I worked downtown uh, or close by the state capitol, uh, do a lot of business there, but also have enjoyed, always enjoyed the nightlife uh, in Chinatown. I think it is one of those areas that a lot of locals know about and maybe not a lot of visitors get to uh, go and travel beyond Waikiki. Uh, and so it kind of is this hidden gem, I think, for some visitors when they find it. Uh, because there is some so much of a local influence there. But I think that it is an area, obviously, that just has so much, uh, you know, has, has such a rich history. And uh, it really bleeds into what the area has become. Uh, and and for us, going into that area and that space, we really wanted to pay um, tribute and, you know, homage to the old Chinatown and the downtown uh, of yesteryears and really symbolizing a place that represents Hawaii as well. So, that right. is uh, when we were looking at places we knew we wanted to be in that area right what is the why did you want to own a bar i mean was it to just like you know get your own drinks and <laughs> you know That's what i mean right. but it's, it's kind of a departure from what you do professionally but was this always like a dream or it always was a dream of mine yeah i've, I've always wanted to be in the food and beverage industry i have never worked a day in the hospitality like in the restaurant i've never are no, you I've serious a, wasn't a server so it was like school. a romantic like idea yes. i thought <laughs> i knew what i was getting into i obviously Dude. did not <laughs> um, I have a, oh go ahead yeah so so i mean i you know for me i i just i've always wanted to it was always a passion of mine um it was always kind of this idea in the back of my head i never really thought it would actually happen 
Uh, I would joke around with my dad uh, about it all the time that I wanted to do it. He his bank his background was in banking and investments, and he knew what a horrible investment he would tell me getting into the restaurant industry is, uh, and said that he would never allow me to open up a bar. And so I used to joke with him, and I would say, "Well, I'm going to wait till you pass away, and then after you pass, I'm going to take." the inheritance money that I'm getting, I'm going to open up a bar. And he would say, if you do that, I'm going to haunt your bar every night, to scare away people. Uh, and I said, good, because then I can talk to you and I can see you. Uh, and so that's why we actually have a drink on our menu called the Clifton's Curse. It's named after my father. Oh, uh, I was going to ask about the drink menu. Okay. Yeah, and so the Clifton's Funny. Curse is you know, my dad saying that he would curse the spot because he never wanted me to open it. So I thought, well, if we name a drink after him, then maybe he'll be fine with it. So, so far, we haven't had any uh, Cliff Suji sightings at the lace stand. <laughs> no, no paranormal activity just yet. No. Uh, it would be a fun spot to have that, though, actually. like all the light. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I just had a quick question as someone who's not from Oahu. I'm from Maui. And then I had a friend visiting from the mainland. And so, like, what would you define as downtown Honolulu? Because I was trying to explain it to my friend. And I was like, oh, it's just the area that, like, our office building is in. But, like, yeah, what are the actual streets and, like, what constitutes as downtown? Well, I mean, I think downtown, obviously, there are different areas within the downtown area, right? There's a capital district that includes a lot of the historic parts of, of downtown, which include Iolani Palace and uh, the state capital in that area. And then you move into more of the financial district where you have all the big banks that are kind of on that Bishop Street location. And mm -hmm. then as you continue to move more Eva side, you get into that Chinatown area that really has uh, a lot of those vendors, of course, along Mauna Kea Street. But uh, Chinatown actually extends a little further towards Diamond Head, uh, more towards Hawaii Theater, which is where we're located. Uh, and it really has become an area that has celebrated arts. Uh, Art After Dark, which has been around for a few decades now, has really mm -hmm. established uh, that area and that scene, uh, you know, and, and becoming a place where First Fridays was born from was actually because they were trying to bring arts into the first, uh, into that area. Uh, and Chinatown has kind of bled into different areas within that, um, I guess, Eva side of that downtown district. But it also has, right, that rich history where the harbor, Honolulu Harbor, was there. So when people would visit the islands for the first time or visit Oahu, they would get off right there at the pier and go up, um, you know, those streets uh, that uh, are still there, um, be it Bethel Street and, uh, you know, um, Nuuanu. And those were lined with lay vendors and um, just different artisans and uh, food vendors. And so that is kind of the history of Chinatown was really that service to a lot of those who were vacationing or visiting Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think, yeah, Chinatown, again, uh, kind of in a similar situation, Grace, I'm, I'm from the North Shore. So it's not like I really ever had experience with Chinatown or downtown until I moved into town. Um, but yeah, it's just such a. I was really thrown or kind of blown away by just how much culture and, and art and like how gritty and real the art felt over there. Um, you know, especially now that I spend more time in Chinatown and downtown it's, yeah, it's, it's really a wonderful place to go. I guess if you're a visitor looking to get like a really real perspective of like local art and artists and artisans um, and you know, Waikiki is great. I think Waikiki is a wonderful place to go have fun and drink some beers. But I think if you really do want to get that very like local perspective, of of what you um i think chinatown's a really good place to go um but yeah i mean oh sorry go ahead ryan no yeah i was just gonna say i think you find that in a lot of metropolitan cities right, this, right. the downtown bar scenes in a lot of big cities are more for the locals uh mm -hmm. and and have established themselves and i think honolulu is no no different 
Right. You know, I grew up here and <clears throat> I think we're close in age, Ryan. Um, <clears throat> you know, Chinatown was like super seedy before. I mean, I remember like my it's parents. It's still pretty seedy. Well, no, but this is really bad. Um, <clears throat> my parents used to tell me not to go down Hotel Street by myself, which I, actually Hotel Street used to be pretty like empty. People never walked through Hotel Street. Um and they were like gambling, you know, I'm sure there are still somewhere gambling establishments and, and things like that. But it didn't have it wasn't like this inviting place, really. And um, it has changed. I mean, not recently, but like maybe in the last, I don't know, 15 years or so as restaurants have moved into the area. I mean, everybody walks down Hotel Street now. I mean, all the best. I mean, we have a James Beard Award winning restaurant on on Nuwani, right? So um what I'm, you know, curious about is COVID sort of brought all that to a halt, right? There were a lot of like first Fridays and a lot of activities at night in Chinatown. It was a vibrant place. <clears throat> COVID happened and, you know, all, a lot of places shut down in downtown. I mean, my favorite plate lunch, lunch place shut down. So upset about this. Um, what is your hope now? And what do you see happening now that, you know, it's opening up, people are coming back to work in downtown? Like, there's a potential there. Is it growing? What What's happening right now in Chinatown? Well, I think there's a lot of momentum and a lot of that is spurred by this current administration. Uh, you know, the mayor has really made an effort to clean up the area, having um, increased the police presence in the streets around there, making upgrades to some of the parks and the common area spaces as well. Uh, so I think people feel, for one, a lot safer in the area. Uh, and it's really encouraging more businesses to come into the spot. And so that's really the hope of what we wanted to do was help to be sort of the catalyst for what this place could become, um, recognizing that there are some challenges that still exist, but that there is a lot of investment and interest in seeing this become uh, a more vibrant community. And not only at night, right, because I think that there is a lot of activity, especially for us being across the street from Hawaii Theater and <clears throat> leveraging off all the different shows and the wonderful things that they're doing there. I mean, I, they probably have a show there every night. Um, and, and are just doing a great job of filling that space. But I think the mayor and the administration and council members are really trying to also include uh, things during the day that extend into the night so that it doesn't become a ghost town at night, uh, that there are opportunities for people to dine and to enjoy and become an entertainment district. And there are other places that are opening up as well that I think will add to this uh, and investments by some big names, uh, you know, who the Carissus are definitely getting involved there. Um, in, investments into Fourth Street Mall, I think, is going to be a big uh, advantage for us as well. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of momentum behind there with people who really are trying to get this spot back up. And uh, and we're excited to be a part of it. Yeah, you're so excited. I, I love walking up and down that area, like where Boss uh, Bookshop is, Native Books, uh, Single Double. There's so many, like, interesting stores surrounding you and that you can go into these shops around like 5 p.m and then stick around and go to happy hour or like um first friday that's something that's super fun to like walk around the art shows and the galleries like um paul strauss he has a cool sh little shop thing so yeah but yeah, there's a lot of oh, go ahead well, go i was gonna say i have like specific questions about the lay stand like i went on thursday night and had so much fun so i was I'm so curious about like some of the details because it is a very like thought out bar, the way it's mm -hmm. decorated and, you know, you can buy a lay in front of the shop and then you go back and it opens up to like mm -hmm. a really cool lounge. So I was kind of curious though, like who, who, where do you get your lay from that you sell in the front of the 
shop like who's making those yeah so yeah a lot of a lot of things there to impact we the lay comes from um a partner that we have with the hawaiian lay stand which is an offshoot of baritania florists who mm-hmm. you know they are an established family of florists here in the islands <clears throat> and so we were partnering with them to help supply our lay um, eventually what we also want to include are lay artisans another thing that happened during the pandemic is a lot of people have taken on lay making and we're seeing some really re- unique lays that people are selling mm-hmm. just on social media and so we want to per, uh, allow that space to kind of be a pop-up shop for vendors to be able to come in and do a one-day kind of lay um, oh, cool. workshop and things like that. So we can continue to pass along and provide a space for up-and-coming lay artisans. Um, and then, you know, one of the things that we try to avoid using is the term speakeasy because speakeasy, while we have sort of this cool, you go through the cooler effect, a speakeasy is like you go into a phone booth and then it's a completely separate spot, right? Like, or a pawn shop right. and then it's nothing, something right. else. Right. We're not trying to hide the fact that the lay is part of the front, the middle and the back. Like lay is tied yeah. into every component into our space. And so while we have a unique entrance, it's not necessarily a true speakeasy because a lay component is such a, is a center point of everything that we do within um, the spot. And so the front of the bar, the lay stand really represents old Chinatown. And mm-hmm. as you enter into the bar, that's sort of the new Chinatown, the more gritty, the more hip hop urban kind of feel that, mm-hmm. you know, has become the identity over the last few years. Uh, and then we have our garden in the outside where we pay homage to the original, like the lay stands at the airports uh, with those signs out there. Uh, and then we're working on actually a back bar right now. Uh, that will be another private bar, another private experience that will also pay homage to ties to uh, the whole concept as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, oh, go ahead. Oh, go Sorry, ahead, Kevin. No, you can go. <laughs> no, I just love your. Uh, you know, I was talking to you about your um, your cuisine and and your chef and and how he actually does. Uh, you know, walks around Chinatown every morning to actually source locally. I mean, I feel like uh, sourcing locally is a really big move or a really big uh, mission and objective for the lay stand. Yeah, I mean, we knew coming into that spot that we wanted to be part of that community, that we weren't going to just take away things that we wanted to add value. And so even for us, right, we we decided not to open our lay stand during the day uh, as originally planned, because we know that a lot of people go to those mom and pop lay stands. And so we <clears throat> are actually um, the only place where you can buy lay in Chinatown after 6 p.m., because after all those places close, uh, you know, we provide that option. We're like the late night lay spot. Uh, so we wanted to honor them. We want to also partner with some of those lay stands as well. Uh, with the food, uh, Ricky Goings, our chef, he does do those Chinatown walks. He tries to find and source as much ingredients in the area as possible. Uh, this may mean for us that our costs are a little higher, but uh, <laughs> it is important for us to really support that community. And it's so great to see what he comes up with on the spot. Sometimes he'll get inspired by something and create a dish and put it on our menu that night. Uh, and that's why we actually use like paper menus right now, because he changes our menu so frequently that we just, we are constantly reprinting it and we love it though. Um, and, and at the end of the night, we have like this, um, this candy that we have with the Lihimui candy um, that's in, in the middle. That's actually from the auntie next door. She has a sack, uh, oh, yeah. a sack seed shop right next door. <clears throat> Simui. Yeah. And so we buy from her, she supplies us with, all that candy. And so we're just trying to find different touch points where we can really engage uh, our community that we we now call ourselves a part of. What are some of your favorite places to um, to hang out in Chinatown? Like what are some of your favorite restaurants or boutiques? Like where do you, you know, if you had to make a recommendation to visitors who are coming in, maybe haven't experienced Chinatown in a while, 
what would you suggest they do? Oh man, that's a, I mean, there's so <laughs> Besides many. Besides going to the lay stand, I was gonna Besides say, go to the lay stand, stand, the place where he owns. <laughs> you know, I mean, we we've formed a great relationship with EP Bar, which is another new bar um, right on Pawhi Street. That's just a fun spot. Great people there. Um, just a different type of vibe. Um, so we love, uh, you know, I love going there and taking people there. Uh, of course, everything on Hotel Street. I mean, you you know, from Fet, of course, a great place to eat. Um, the ambience of Chin Chin and the outdoor space that they have there as well. And then even going, extending uh, to Skull and Crowns and um, Ole Thai, like all of those places out there with their garden as well that they have set up. Um, you know, there's just a lot of fun spots to, to go down there. Um, I, you know, prior to the pandemic, I was a frequent uh, customer of Smith and Kings. <laughs> so uh, I love that kind of side of Chinatown as well. So there's just a lot of variety, I think, for people to really explore. I would be remiss to not give a few recommendations myself. Uh, sorry, sorry yeah. to just butt in here a little bit. But uh, I actually just recently went to this place called Po'ai by Pono Potions. It's like a coffee shop right on, um, hold on, I have it right here, right on Smith Street. Mm -hmm. And they're really fantastic. It's like a, just kind of like a normal coffee shop and they have a big seating area. But then they also have like this secondhand vintage clothing rack that like the uh, the husband of the owner just finds this clothing and sells it there. And it's just like, that's kind of the, I think the really fun part about Chinatown is you really can run into these just like really cool random little shops. Uh, also, I really enjoy uh, Next Door. It's a really good music venue. Um, also, it's one of the only music venues that I've seen that has couches, which is a big deal for me because nobody wants to be standing up the whole time. And I think that's kind of a cool thing about the lay stand is that you guys really do embrace comf comfort and, and kind of relaxation. You're describing to me how you're a little bit more of a lounge compared to like a full bar and a club. Can you explain that distinction to me and why you guys decided to go with that route? Yeah, I mean, I think we we recognized there was a space needed for, you know, young professionals and those who are over, you know, maybe aged out of going to the clubs and 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 going to finding a spot where, um, you know, there's a big dance floor and you just kind of get lost uh, and not necessarily looking for just like a bar. Uh, we were right. trying to create a space where it is a place where you can go, have fun, have good music, relax. Um, and, and yes, our cocktails are elevated, right? We're not just selling vodka sodas. We are putting a, a lot of effort into creating an experience with the craft and beverage menu designed by our deacons to really enhance the overall experience uh, and bring that sort of um, that that level of artistry with craft cocktails uh, to an area that maybe doesn't necessarily have that you know downtown is kind of known for some of those more divey bars which are great uh, but we wanted to kind of be something a little different and elevate that with some of our signature cocktails so what are some of your favorite cocktails at lay stand well um i love them all it's like trying to pick a child um right. you know i think for I, I am very whiskey forward, so I enjoy our coconut wireless as well as our hubba hubba. Um, hubba hubba is also an homage to Chinatown. It's the name of the former burlesque bar. There's actually a hubba hubba neon sign that's on Hotel yeah. Street. So that was another way we tied in. Um, you know, I also enjoy um, a tequila and, and 41 Fires is another great smoky drink that we have on our menu. Also, uh, another menu item that pays homage to the history of Chinatown. So we named 41 Fires. Uh, after the bubonic plague broke out in the area in the early 1900s, the city set 41 controlled fires in the area and burnt Chinatown to the ground before rebuilding it up with bricks from the San Francisco earthquake. And so 
41 Fires is a spicy drink that has a smoky aftertaste to it that, again, pays homage to what happened in Chinatown in its past. Um, so, you know, we, we look for little ways like that to instill some of the history and um, some of the elements of downtown into our cocktail program. Wow. I love the little details and backstories into, you know, dishes at many uh, at restaurants and establishments. I think that's so cool. And yeah, the 41 Fires is definitely very, very, very yeah. smoky. Yeah. Is that what you got, Grace? Uh, my friend got that. And I one of my friends got the coconut wireless and I got the Ula Ula. I kind of like gin and tonic kind of vibes, yeah. kind of simple, basic. Yeah, that's there you go. <laughs> and yeah, you guys have you guys have been really been busy too. How I mean, how has the community received the lace? I keep trying to get a reservation and I keep not it's like booked out days in advance and I just yeah, it's I like booked out weeks in advance. Yeah, yeah it's it's actually, really I made hard. a reservation like three weeks ago. Well, we always encourage people to try to walk in because um, we do allow for walk-ins and um, there are a lot of cancellations as well. So a lot of people, when they try to get in, as long as they're not coming in with a party of six, you know, there there's yeah. always um, usually a way we can accommodate people. But uh, it's been great. I, I think we are sort of still the new kid on the block and the new establishment really in the area. Uh, and we knew opening up that we wanted it to be a spot where people wanted to be, but also wanted to be seen, right? So creating those Instagrammable moments was very important for us and finding ways and activations where people can engage in um, were big. And so we've really let people be our marketers. We have an entire marketing plan that we haven't really rolled out yet and we haven't really needed to because uh, people are just flooding feeds with images of, of our bar. And I think that's really been attracting a lot of the locals uh, mm -hmm. I've had people from New York even tell me that their friends, they saw it on their feed um, from their friends who visited. So uh, it's working. You know, it also doesn't hurt when Justin Bieber stops by. And yeah. um, that's right. That we heard he had his, well. <laughs> so, there was a party there with uh, Justin Bieber. Yeah, Justin and Haley Bieber stopped by as part of a, wow. a party for a friend who lives here. So, um, yeah, having them post <laughs> our <laughs> stand is yeah, it he was didn't at hurt. the Punahou Carnival. Like yeah. we saw him. I'm like, why would you come to the Punahou? Whatever, whatever. He's, man. Really, he's a really uh, uh, people's person. He's a man of the people. Just really getting out there. Of the people. <laughs> I feel like the lay stand is a great place to also people watch. I had so much fun just looking, like watching the different customers come in, and yeah, it was just a fun place to be. Like early in the evening. Well, it's good to hear. I mean, yeah, and one of the things is everyone asks us, like, who's your target demographic? And and really, we we don't have any. I mean, we we welcome everyone. Um, I think what we appeal to young folks. We also appear appeal to the college kids that live around the area from HPU, but also the working professionals that come after work. Yeah. Uh, we really wanted to create it a space that everyone is welcome and really the embodiment of a lay, right? Because of a, a when you look at it, what we always say is like a lay is a collection of different pieces. And when you put pull them together, it creates something beautiful. Uh, and so we want it to be sort of this amalgamation of cultures and people and generations that can come and find a space uh, and create something beautiful. Uh, and that's what we were hoping to accomplish. This is kind of a little bit of a departure, but, um, you know, you also have a so RKT Media has a, a YouTube channel that I love because you guys do really fun videos. And actually, Hoi Magazine was featured on it once. But you guys do this great like sample series that anybody who is from Hawaii, or you don't even have to be from Hawaii, honestly. It is hilarious. It's so much fun. Um, what, what, what is going on with your like sample series? And you could you explain it a little bit to the audience? 
Sure. I mean, we wanted to create uh, an episode, sort of a, a YouTube show that would really celebrate and elevate local cuisines and local customs and different things that Hawaii is known for. And so what we do is we put some of our friends to the test and do different fun taste tests or blind taste tests um, and create an experience where people can uh, get a sense, a true sense of what something tastes like. And it's fun to also include people who may not be from Hawaii and they're trying Hawaii food into there. Um, and it's a way to ed educate people. So about some of the local cuisine. And we are actually, after this, I'm heading over. We're filming another <laughs> episode. Uh, we're doing one of them. We're doing some cocktails at the lay stand and trying to get people to decide uh, if they can distinguish between a non-alcoholic and an alcoholic beverage. Oh, uh, that's a good one. And then we're also going to do a tasting of oxtail soups to see which is the best uh, one that we have here. So, you know, we've done taro, we've done malasadas, we've done all different types of things. But it really is just a fun, engaging series for people to kind of watch. And, and oh, it's so what fun. We do, which yeah. you guys are a part of. We got to get yeah, you guys back on. We were a part of that. Well, we What's didn't really get to do like a delicious thing. You made me eat like... I Right, yeah. worms or something. Yeah, this is true. This was that was early on. You guys were like on episode two you or know, three, so we got to bring I, you back. We've this evolved. was right before COVID, right? Remember, I had mm -hmm. pneumonia that day. That's right. Your voice was very yeah. raspy. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I literally had pneumonia. I went to the yeah. hospital. Yeah. And it she was, was still a trooper, and she showed up and was on camera. Yeah, yeah. and unfortunately, I could taste everything, which is kind of a bummer because <laughs> we had we got the short end of that. Let me tell you. Yeah, we'll get you back. <laughs> We'll get you back for a better episode. All right. Anyway, I'm in. What, what's the weirdest thing you made someone eat? Um, I think what we made what you we guys did. eat. Yeah. <laughs> it is what we did. Gosh. Yeah, it was horrible. We were really was, on the was shock. Was worms? Was it worms? It was worms. Weird. It was some fried worms. Yeah, it was like dry. Yeah. And it wasn't like even seasoned. It was. Yeah. So what we did with yours was it was the um Try the, the travel yeah tra the the box that they send you it's a subscription based service where every month you get different candies from around the world yeah. uh, and so that wasn't really local <laughs> we put no you guys on that one <laughs> we were but, uh, maybe more just a shock value kind of episode yeah. for that one yeah. yeah well if you have us on again make us eat something good we will, we will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get us some of the get us some of the the plates. Yeah, sorry. Going back to the lace end real quick. We're departing. We're arriving back. Um, you guys have some. You have elevated cocktails there, but you guys also have some elevated bites. And I was actually really intrigued by your your menu. It's like very small plates, but they all look incredibly good. Grace, did you have any plates while you were there? No, we didn't end up getting anything. But the popcorn <laughs> next uh, at the table next to us, it looked really appetizing. Um, and so did the Chex Mix. I don't know. I should have gotten the Chex Mix, but there's so much better food than. The you know it's funny my mom tried every, pretty much everything on the menu and she's like everything's good but the chex mix is so good i'm like oh, <laughs> we have a james beard nominated chef in our kitchen and she's like going on about the chex mix um but no i mean our food is is just fantastic and and really it's small bites um you know it it, it isn't necessarily a place where you're going in for a steak right you, it's everything is designed and curated specifically for what we're going for it's that japanese style um <clears throat> that's maybe smaller bites but really a lot of flavor and and in art form i mean we have a egg salad sandwich on a butter roll that has caviar and truffle on it uh so it's taking something simple and elevating it um with things right. like uni waffle and a luau stew bao and 
um, you know, bacon wrapped scallops. There, I mean, we've we've really enhanced our menu uh, a large part because of, of course, our chef Ricky Goings is just such a creative genius when it comes to food and can just have all these things in mind. Um, and it's really elevated, I think, the spot to more than just a cocktail lounge, but a place that you can get really, really good food. And the Chex Mix is really and good. And the Chex Mix, yeah. And Who the Chex Mix is And they do as well. They do it in the kitchen as well. They make it the oh, really. Oh, wow. It's elevated Chex Mix. Yeah. No shit. All right. Well, thanks, Ryan. I mean, you wear a lot of hats and I feel like you have you have places to be, people to see. But thank you so much for coming on the episode and talking about the lay stand and Chinatown and downtown. And yeah, we would love to come back onto, uh, onto like sample and sample yeah. something a little bit. Oh, maybe, maybe we'll do something gross. Maybe again. sample some some food from the lay stand. We'll get you guys in on that. <laughs> hey, yeah. I like make up for the last time. Drinks are also welcome. There you go. Cap, <laughs> uh, where can people find us, Cap? Uh, what you magazine? Oh, well, you can find us. Uh, well, please listen, subscribe, <laughs> like, and comment on our podcast wherever you are getting your podcast. And of course, you can reach out to us on all social media platforms at Hawaii Magazine. Um, follow us and uh, check at hawaiimagazine.com for stories, plan your trip to Hawaii, or get more information about our podcast today uh, on hawaiimagazine.com. And Ryan, where can people find you? Uh, they can find us at the lay stand at gotlaid.co where you can get more information and also make reservations there. We're also on social media, of course, at the lay stand. Uh, and, uh, I'm also on social media at Ryan Calais. So great. Grace, where can they find you? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you everyone so much for listening. Uh, we will be back in two weeks. Uh, and we hope you all have a great week. All right. Mahalo. Bye-bye. Aloha. Aloha.